spiritual warfare. Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare. We're glad to have you on board with us tonight. It is May 20 of 2021. We are delighted to have you with us. Just imagine, uh, we have, we have uh, come past so many months of 2021 already. My time is slipping away from us. The hour is late and the time is short. So we want to make sure that we get you prepared for what is about to happen on the face of the earth. You're not supposed to be, as a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not supposed to be ill-informed or not informed. We're not supposed to be running around like chickens without a head. Looking up in the sky and crying out like chicken little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. We are supposed to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and to be as calm and as solid as a rock. Why? Because we're standing firmly on the solid rock. His name is Jesus Christ. Tonight we're going to talk about endurance till Jesus comes. Jesus tells us and it uh, makes us know most assuredly that we are to endure until he comes, until the very end. He tells us this in Matthew the 24th chapter. He who endures unto the end, they shall be saved. Well, what if you don't endure unto the end? Well, it stands to reason those who don't endure unto the end, they won't be saved. Salvation comes with endurance to the very end. So, let's make sure, as a Christian, we understand that there will be no rapture till the seventh trumpet sounds. We are to understand that the Bible is very explicit, very, very clear when the rapture is going to be. We have heard some erroneous teachings in the past of what was going to transpire, that Jesus was going to come secretly and catch away, uh, like a thief in the night, and catch away his saints, and then he's going to come back again. Well, the Bible does not support that, because you see, even myself, I heard that and I bought into it because I guess my teachers, I looked at my teachers and the people on television that was uh, uh, teaching that doctrine. I saw them as being larger than life. And I listened, but I did not take the time and go into the Bible and search the scriptures for myself. Number one. Number two, I bring you the scriptures now to let you know that. Nothing of that nature is going to occur. Back in those times, no one brought those scriptures to me and showed us. They just told you something and we swallowed hook, line, and sinker. So understand that no rapture will come until after the seventh trumpet sound, the last trumpet. Now I want to go over what we uh, studied last week, what we talked upon. I want to utilize something because I want it to be riveted in your mind exactly what is going on. And if you joined us for the first time tonight, I just want to bid you welcome and I don't want to lose you. I want you to have the foundation of where we are. And by the way, you can go to YouTube or you can go to a, a plethora of different uh apps that you can download like Google Cast, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, Spotify, and many more. And you can download and search University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare. So let's get right into the word. Matthew 24, have your Bibles ready. Let's look at verse 37. And the word says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. As the days of Noe, and that N-O-E, King James, is Noah. As it was in Noah's day, so also shall it be when the Jesus comes. So in other words, we want to have a look and have an idea of what was happening in the days of Noah 
then what we ought to do is go back to that time in the Bible and take a look. But before we get there, I want to make you understand something that we did last week. And I want to get this done before we get up to that day. God's chosen are untouchable. Let me say that again. The chosen and the elect of God are untouchable. This is what I want to get to you today, first and foremost. In Revelation 9, which we did last week, <clears throat> the Bible explicitly told us and taught us. Revelation 9 and verse 1, fifth angel sounded his trumpet. This is trumpet blast number five. And something happened, and we're going to go through that. And we are going to see where God's chosen are untouchable. So, at the fifth trumpet blast, God's chosen ones, God's children, the elect, are still on the face of the earth. No rapture has yet occurred until trumpet blast number seven. Now, something happened at the fifth trumpet blast, which I want to teach you tonight, and make sure you know and understand and build your confidence in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that the Bible is true. There is no anything uh, mistaken about what the Bible says. The Word of God is true. So let's go to Revelation 9 and verse 1. It says, The fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star, that star means an angel, from the sky which had fallen to the earth. So this angel came down to the earth. And the key to the pit of the abyss, the bottomless pit, hell, was given to him. Now who holds the key of hell? The Lord does. Jesus. How we know that? Revelation 3.9, it says, I am he that hath the keys, have the keys of hell and of death. So he holds the key, and he has the key to the pit, the bottomless pit, the abyss. And it, he gave this angel the key and was instructed, this angel was instructed to go down and open the bottomless pit. And verse 2, Revelation 9 says, he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the bottomless pit. Uh, and it was as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun, the air, were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. So all this caused the sun and the air to be darkened. There came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. Now, when we talk about locusts, we can think of grasshoppers uh, that eats grass and eats green vegetation that's, that occurred in Africa and different parts of the Middle East uh, recently. But these are not locusts of that nature. So these locusts that came upon the earth uh, are intelligent beings. So when John the Revelator saw them, he saw them as locusts because entities in the spiritual realm, for you to see them, they must take on a physical appearance. So John saw them as locusts, and unto them was given power. The giver of power, the Lord God, gave them power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. So God gave these locust-like entities power like that of a scorpion. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt grass of the earth, green things, green leaves, neither any tree. Stop right there. What does a locust eat? What does a locust love? Green vegetation. But these are not locusts of that nature. These are locusts that have understanding. They are able to be commanded and told what to do. 
and they obey diligently. Not only that, but these locusts have been given power. They have been given a sting with poison like a scorpion. But they were now told, don't hurt trees, grass, any green thing, but only those men, people, which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Wow. Now let's dive into this right now. So there will be a people that do not have the seal of God in their foreheads. And there will be a people who will have the seal of God in their foreheads. So some will have the seal of God in their foreheads, some will not. These entities, which have intelligence, they're intelligent beings, are able to be commanded, they were told, do not touch those who are marked, those who have the seals of God in their foreheads. They are untouchable. They're off limits. Only those men, people, human beings, that do not have the seal of God, they're not marked, go for them. Go after them. Don't go after any green tree, uh, green tree, green grass. Don't go after anything green. Now, I want you to see that a distinction was made between God's elect people and the heathen, those who don't have the Lord, those who do not know Jesus. They're not saved. And who are those people with the mark of God in their foreheads? the believers in Jesus Christ. So, we, me and you, all you Christians, are going to go through. Trumpet number five is going to sound. And when all that happens and the sun does not shine, darkness is upon the face of the earth, and all those catastrophes and calamities are occurring around and about us, where are we going to be? What's going to happen to us? Don't worry. In the same manner that the Lord says there's a mark on their foreheads. Don't touch them. They're off limits. In the same manner that God is going to preserve us from all those things that's going to happen. Now listen. Psalm 91 and verse 11 says, But he, the Lord, has given his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. And in their hands, they shall bear us up, lest at any time we dash our foot against the stone, lest at any time calamity overtakes us. So you've got to understand and trust the Lord that his angels are there to keep you, even now. You know, you, do you know why you, you didn't wreck out on the highway the last time somebody cut you off? Or somebody did something stupid before you. That's because the angel of the Lord was there with you. Some of us, when we're driving on the road, you say, oh my God, why did I drive this way? I should have drive the other way. It was shorter. Yes, but if you had drove, driven the other way, you would have been in a car accident. You would have been dead. Your angel diverted and rerouted you and kept you on the highway. How many times have you seen a car wrecked? And thank God it wasn't you. So, you've got to understand that your angels are on duty. Angels are on board. And your angels are on duty to keep watch over you. You've got to understand also that as a child of God, you are sealed, you are marked in your foreheads. You have the seal of God in your forehead. You have been rendered off limits. You have been rendered untouchable to any demonic, any evil entity. You've got to understand that God's angels have been given charge over you and commissioned, assigned to preserve and protect you. Why? Because you belong to him. So here, and I want you to understand again, is trumpet number five. And all these things happen. Hell, all hell has been broken loose. And all of hell has come up from hell and come to the face of the earth. Let me make it plain to you. The angel opened the bottomless pit. He opened the abyss. 
And every demon of hell has come up from the bottomless pit, and he's come up to earth. All hell has been broken loose. And every demon has come up and given an assignment. But that assignment says, don't touch my chosen bride. Leave my bride alone. They're untouchable. They're marked. You'll see a seal upon them. So don't touch them. Anybody and everybody else who do not have the mark, the beautiful people, the singing stars, the movie stars, the billionaires, and all the other people that do not have the mark of God in their foreheads, get them. Get them. Don't eat any green grass, any green leaves, only the people. And you are to sting them. So here, God's elect people will be going through the great tribulation. We'll be in the great tribulation up to the fifth trumpet blast. But those who really belong to Jesus Christ will be sealed, marked, and rendered untouchable. So I want you to know now again, no rapture. We'll be here. And then when this fifth trumpet blows and all hell breaks loose upon earth, <laughs> which nobody wants, we will be here. But guess what? Can you endure? Of course you will. Why? You're untouchable. How many times in the past have I told you from Luke 10, 19, nothing shall by any means harm you. You're untouchable. And that's what the word says. You are untouchable. And look at verse 5, Revelation 9. <clears throat> These same entities that look like locusts, they were given power not to kill those people, but to torment them for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a person. Do you understand that? The torment, the pain of that scorpion was like when it strikes, it bites a person. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been bitten by a scorpion, but I have. And I know the pain that a scorpion bite can give. Now, you've got to understand that for five months, these people who do not have the mark of God, the unsaved, the wicked, Satan's sons and daughters, they will be tormented with the poison, the sting, the pain of a scorpion bite, day and night, night and day, night and day, day and night, for five months. Do you understand that? And in those days, men, people shall seek death. That's because of the pain. Death shall not find them. They, death will flee from them. They will desire to die. Death will flee from them. They'll blow their brains out. Their brains will be hanging all over their shoulders. It'll be uh, all over them like a rotten corpse. They'll jump off of a tall building, bust up every bone in their body. Their intestines will be hanging out of them. They'll be walking around like zombies. Of course, you've seen the zombie movies with body parts hanging out, smelling like rotten things, but they cannot die. I hope you understand that. I hope you understand that. This is what your Bible says. Death will flee from them. They will want to die. They'll do anything to die, but they cannot die because God says so. Where will you be? You'll be right there. Where will I be? I'll be right there. Untouchable. Why? Because I have the mark of God in my forehead. And you do too. So you are going through the great tribulation. Again, this is the fifth trumpet blast. And all these things occur. So this is proof positive that the people of God will not be raptured until the seventh trumpet blast. At the last trump for the trumpet will sound. Dead in Christ will rise first. Those who are alive and remain in Jesus will be caught up to meet him in the air. So, I want you to get this again and get the full understanding that the church is not going anywhere. The church is not going to be raptured. And I know I was, at one point, 
couple of years ago, I don't give a two cents what happens down here. I won't be here. Let it go to hell in a handlebasket. I don't care what happens. That was my attitude. But guess what? We will be here. We will see what's going on. And Jesus said, you must endure. You must what? Endure. You must push up against the things that come to push you down. You must keep your cool and keep your peace and keep your joy. You must keep on looking up because the whole world, as I said again, all hell will break loose. Every demon in hell will come loose from the bottomless pit, from the abyss, and come up to the face of the earth. Everything in hell will come up and will be here. But it will not be for us. We will be untouchable. Those who do not have the mark of God in their foreheads, they will receive that pain of a scorpion bite from these locust-like entities, and they will be in torment night and day and day and night for five months. So let's get a good picture of what's going on. Now, in the, in the meantime, I just read you the scripture, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So when the fifth trumpet blasts, a lot of things will be going on upon the face of the earth. It will be like Noah's day. It will be worse than the wild, wild west. Do you understand? The wild, wild west will look like a choir situation. It will be total chaos upon the face of the earth. So let's take a look inside of what it shows, and let's make sure you know and understand what you and I have to go through. And this is why God gave me Bible Code 7 to help you go through, prepare you for going through what is going to happen on the face of the earth. And you must know these things because if you don't know it, you'll see it, you'll be frightened out of your wits, and you'll lose it. And if you lose it, you won't make it. So understand that these things must be taught. It will be like the days of Noah when Jesus returns. Genesis 6 is for us to go back to and take a look and see how it was in Noah's day, the corruption of mankind. So let's go to Genesis, the sixth chapter, and let's look at verse 1. It happened when men began to multiply on the face of the land that the daughters were born to them. So when people are having children, they had sons, they had daughters. And that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and desirable. Sons of God saw the daughters of men. They were beautiful women and desirable. Now, there's a difference here. People would look and they say, the sons of God, daughters of men. Uh-huh. So that's a good matchup. Men have daughters, people have daughters, you want to get them married out to? Good men, right? Okay, so the daughters of men, this is what the Bible says, daughters of humankind. And now he talks about the sons of God. Sons of God saw daughters of men. Sons of God saw daughters of humanity. There's no equal, there's no parity right there. Daughters of men were human, where man and woman had children. Just like your husband and wife have a daughter or have a son. People, man born of woman. Sons of God, however, are not human. Sons of God is a biblical reference to the angelic beings, the created beings, the angels of God. When they were cast down, the sons of God, the angels that were cast out of heaven, they left their first estate. And they came in, they saw women. They saw beautiful women, daughters of men. And they were desirable. And they took wives for themselves. They took them to wives. They, whomever they chose and they desired. And they had sex with them. They had children with them. And verse 3, the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive and remain with man forever. Why? Because he's indeed flesh. Man is flesh. He's sinful, corrupt, and given over to sensual appetites. 
Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. So the lifespan of men back then was 120 years. Now, sons of God looked at these men. And the Bible does not go into a full-blown narrative and tell you what happened, but they had sex with these daughters. They married them. They took them over as wives. And they reproduced. And verse 4 tells us, there were Nephilim, men of stature, notorious men on the earth in those days. Where did these Nephilim come from? And what does the word Nephilim mean? Well, the word Nephilim means giants, humongous men. This was the reproduction, this was the product of men's daughters and the sons of God. So the fallen angels had sex with the daughters of men and giants were produced. And I've done the research and uh, the research I've done, Goliath was a, a boy compared to these giants because it was said that Goliath was anywhere from uh, 10 to 14 feet tall, depending on whose cubit you use. Well, it was done by research that the Nephilim back in those days were anywhere up to 30 or 40 feet tall. That's right. And how did they know that? How did they get that? Well, one of the scientific surveys is when you look at the remains of buildings back when, you can look at the size of the stones that build the buildings, and you can see the way the buildings were built. When you look at the pyramids and the humongous stones that were used in building the pyramids, and there was a place, I want you to do a search on it. Go to your computer and put in a search engine, Baal Beck, B-A-A-L, Baal, B-E-C-K. That's a place in Lebanon where they have some very, very, the remnants of some very, very, very tall buildings, humongously tall. And when you look at the stones and how they were cut and they were used and placed one on top of the other and what they built, you said, how in heaven's name did they build this? And all the machinery that we have today, the humongous heavy equipment, dozers and cranes and all that, couldn't put these buildings, couldn't put these stones together. So how did it get to be built? Well, they're built by giants with superhuman strength. Where did all these giants come from? These were the products of the, of the union of men and fallen angels. So the Bible tells us that these are men of stature. These were men of what? Stature. And, and because of they were notorious men. They were men of stature. They were Nephilim, giants. And that's all the Bible says about them. They were men of stature. Stature meaning physically, they were extremely tall, big, muscular men, giants, 30, 40 feet tall, notorious men on the earth in those days, and also afterward. But what happened was that in Noah's days, they were humongous men. And it says, when the sons of God live with the daughters of men, and they gave birth to their children, these were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown, great reputation, and great fame. So we see that these men that was the product of the fallen angels and the union between a woman, mortal woman, and the sons of God, the fallen angels, produced humongous giants. And from the research and with the buildings that were built in those days, we can see that these giants, they had the skill, they had engineering skills, they had building skills. They had uh, ability, they had strength that was superhuman. And they were very, very large giants. Uh, and as I said, they were anywhere 30, 40, or maybe even 50 feet tall, based upon looking at Baal back, and even the pyramids, 
how big and how tall they were and the size of the stones that were cut and used and positioned in place one on top the other. How did it get built? Well, somebody built it, and it was superhuman. So here the Bible is telling us that this is how it happened. And the Bible does not go into a long dissertation of how this happened. But it would tell us that there were mighty men who were of old, men of renown, great reputation, and great fame. And the fifth verse, Genesis 6, says the Lord, the Lord saw that the wickedness, the depravity of men was great on the earth. Men were very depraved. And that every imagination or intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Did you hear that? Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only even continually. Now, let's back up and see the word. The, law, uh, the Lord saw wickedness, great. And he also saw every imagination or intentions of the thoughts of his heart. So God not only sees wickedness, the act of wickedness, but he sees the imagination and he sees the intention of the thoughts of a man's heart. Here we have God looking down into the thoughts of man and seeing what's in there. You heard the scripture, man looks at the outward appearance, but God is looking at the heart. Well, here's a scripture that confirms that. From Genesis 6, God is looking at the imagination and the intents of the thoughts of the heart. And all God saw inside of man's heart his imagination, his thoughts, his thinking was only evil continually. Nothing good in them. Satan had completely captivated the mind of these wicked men. They were perverted, they were corrupted, and given over totally to evil. So the sons of Satan, the fallen angels, were cast out of heaven. They are the ones that rebel against God. And they are the ones that came down and looked at women and said, yeah. And you know why they did what they did? Satan was the orchestra leader. He orchestrated all that. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. I believe it's the second chapter when Satan was going to be kicked out of heaven. The Lord looked at Satan and said, hey, listen, boy, this is what's going to happen. The seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent, but you shall only bruise his heel. Seed of the woman. So in other words, Satan was smart. He knew what seed was. So he knew that down line in the human race, he had to corrupt the human race. So if he didn't corrupt the human race, then his head would be crushed. So that's why Satan got into Cain. That's why he got into all men. That's why he did what he did. That's why he corrupted the seed of man and got the world to the point of total, almost, almost, almost total corruption. Why? He wanted to corrupt the seed, the seed of the woman. He wanted to stop what God said. Seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. So he got in. And he had his boys, the fallen angels, the one-third of the angels that were kicked out of heaven. He got his boys in the act, and he just told them, Hey, boys, go look at those beautiful girls down there. Go take them. We're going to have a job to do. We're going to impregnate them. We're going to stop God from doing what he has. Because, you see, if we don't stop God, there will be a seed that comes, and that seed is going to rise up against me, and he's going to stop me. He's going to crush my head. And by the way, that seed was Jesus Christ. Okay? So, we see that God looked at the imagination, thoughts of the heart, only evil continually. At that point, verse 6, Genesis 6, God regretted that he had made mankind on the earth. And he was indeed grieved in his heart. And he said, he came to the conclusion, verse 7, I will destroy, I will annihilate mankind whom I have created from the surface of the earth. Not only man, but the animals and the crawling things and the birds of the air, because 
it deeply grieves me to see mankind's sin, and I regret that I made, have made them. But verse 8 says, Noah found favor, grace in the eyes of the Lord. So, why would God destroy his creation that he created? And the Bible says that when he created the earth and created everything in it, the Lord looked at his creation and he saw that it was good. Well, something happened between that time and this time. The creation became bad. The creation became marred. The crea creation became loose. Something happened. Things were happening that things were becoming marred. And this is what we're coming to today. And the Bible says, as it was in Noah's day, so it's going to be when Jesus returns. And Jesus is coming is very soon. But let me go on with the scripture. These are the records of the generations. Family history of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. He was in right standing with God. He was just and he was sinless and he had right standing with God. He was blameless in his generation. What does that mean? It means that in his generation, in his genealogy, his DNA, his DNA was uncontaminated. It was uncorrupted. Nothing went into his body to contaminate his DNA. He had God-given DNA. Let me explain it to you a little bit better. Noah was not hybrid. Noah was not GMO. Noah was organic. Okay? Just as God made him. He was natural, organic. Nothing came into him to mar his DNA. He was not gene-modified, GMO. You know about GMO. You all know about hybrid, you're mixed. Hmm? He was not a chimera mixed with anything else. While the whole world around him was mixed, the DNA was marred. God is very, very powerful about the DNA. God goes ballistic over the DNA. He goes ballistic over two things, his word and the DNA. So, Noah was just and right, blameless in his generations, his genealogy, his DNA. Noah walked in habitual fellowship with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the population of the earth was corrupt, absolutely depraved, spiritually, morally. In God's sight, and the land was filled with violence, there was desecration, there was infringement, there was everything in the land. So the Bible says the earth was corrupt, and we got to look at the world, word corrupt. Because Noah was not corrupt. Noah's three sons, his wife, and their daughters were not corrupt. God looked at their DNA, their genealogy, look at them, and he picked out eight people, eight being the number of new beginnings, to say, hey, I'm going to restart the whole world to eight people. I'm going to overlay the population. Remember, he started with Adam, Eve, and then after that, God killed everybody. Now you have Noah, Noah's wife, Shem, Ham, Japheth, their wives. You have eight people. And then now, all the people of the earth died. All the animals on the earth died. Everything died. Only what was placed in the ark lived. And from that ark full of people and animals, that's where we get today's earth from. But let's look at the word corrupt and see the definition of corrupt. We're going to see and extrapolate and bring that corruption into what's going on today. Corrupt means to destroy to ruin, to decay. Corrupt means to mar, spoil, injure, or ruin. Corrupt means to pervert. Do you understand that? Perverted, spoiled, 
That's what the word corrupt means. And what was corrupted in man? Outside of Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, and their wives, eight people, the DNA. The whole earth had corrupted DNA. Everybody and everything was GMO. Now let me give you something now, because I've done the history, I've done the uh, studies. Uh, one of the first things you want to know is that when you do Greek mythology, Greek mythology, they talk about different kinds of animals and different kinds of people. They talk about mermaids, centaurs, you know, like a horse's body with the chest of a man. You talk about a goat, the head of a goat, the uh, bottom half of a goat, the chest of a man, the head of a goat, the bottom part of him being a goat, looking like a Baphomet. And then when you talk about a mermaid, it's all Greek mythology, mythological creatures. Well, Greek mythology was not all myth. What they did in those days is they blended, they mixed the DNA of animals with birds. They mixed the DNA of birds and animals and fish. They mixed up all the DNA, animals and everything. Everything was all mixed up. So you'd have half man, half horse, half goat, half man, half fish, half woman, that kind of thing. That's, you have the giants. Then you have men of stature. Then you have men looking like a cyclops, one man with only one eye in his head. You had an aberration, abnormalities. The, the, when you look at the creatures, that they were, they were hideous and they were monstrous creatures. They were monstrosities walking on the face of the earth. And when you looked at them, you say, my God, where did this come from? Where in hell did this come from? This is a creature of hell. What happened? God, did you make this? Are you for real, God? You made that? What is that? This is not a man. That's not a... What kind of hideous monster is that? And this was what happened in the DNA. The whole earth was corrupted before God. So when God looked at it, God said, uh-uh. That's not what I made. Remember now, when God made the earth and everything... In it, he looked at his creation and he saw that it was what? Good. He saw beautiful animals, fishes. Everything was in top-notch, perfect, perfect, perfect order. But now everything was marred. Everything was corrupt, perverted. And that's what the word corrupts mean, pervert. Now you gotta understand that Satan is not a he's not a creator. He's a perverter, he's a corrupter, he's one that mars things. He has absolutely no power to create, no ability to create, no ingenuity to create anything. He lies, he robs, he kills, he destroys. He corrupts, he perverts, he destroys, he mars God's creation. <clears throat> Do you understand that? That's why it's when Satan comes and he tells people, he tells, he'll, he'll tell two men, go ahead. Two men get married. Two women get married. Those are the things that he will do. He will tell people anything. And what we're seeing happening in those days, we're seeing the DNA was mixed. And we're seeing, uh, when you mix an animal DNA or when you cross DNA of different species, it's called a chimera or a chimera. So you have like a mermaid is a chimera, a centaur, half horse and half man is a chimera. So you have multiple chimeras. You had monstrosities on the earth. You had giants that were 30 to 50 feet tall, the whole earth was marred. The whole world was in a disastrous condition. And this is all the Bible says about it in Genesis. The population of the earth was corrupt, depraved, spiritually, morally. It was putrid. It was rotten in God's sight. God looked at things and he said, did I make that? No. 
And there was nothing but violence. So there was the physical deformity, corruption, but there was spiritual violence. There was nothing good in the heart of man, evil, totally con uh, contaminated. Satan had a field day, and he had everything the way he wanted. It was marred. God says, no. All I can find is eight people. And that's why the Bible says God looked. And the Bible says Noah found favor with God. Why? Because God was looking for somebody who had uncontaminated DNA. And let's go to the DNA now. God looked on the earth and he saw these contaminated species of people. Things that he didn't make, but things that was tampered with, marred. And he said, I have to destroy this. And what is God seeing on the face of the earth right now? He's seeing a lot of people that are made, the DNA is good, but he's seeing a lot of things where the DNA is becoming unzipped. DNA is coming apart. That's why the other day when they talk about the jab, they talk about the uh, uh, the mRNA messenger uh, RNA um, uh, gene in the in, in the jab, and they're talking about what it will do. Yes, it will unzip the DNA. They're talking about giving that thing to pregnant women, young people. So when a young man marries a wife and they are about to have children. What will they have? What will they produce? What will come out of the womb? No one knows. Why? Because the DNA has been marred. Now, they're talking about not only that, but you're talking about experiments. And we know that these experiments have been done. And listen, you've been to the movies, and you, you've seen some strange movies, and you've seen some movies that incorporate some beasts, some looking things that... I don't go to movies, but you've seen some, and you wonder, my God, look at that. I go to the gym, and when I work out, and I see some things that are there on the, on the screen, I say, no, who could imagine that all these monstrosities are there? But God looked at me, and he told me one day, and said, son, look, these are the intentions, are the inventions of man. These things are going to come back on the face of the earth. One of these days, you're not going to see just people, 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 and, and a doggy, nice little doggy, nice little cat. No, you're going to see monstrosities. You're going to see a, a cat as big as a tiger. You're going to look and you're going to see giants. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when Jesus comes back, we are going to see the return of the giants. That's right. You're going to begin to see the return of people, and the people are going to look like monstrosities. You're going to be, begin to see the return of mixed chimera. And by the way, we know that they have experiments going on, governmental research are doing things on the ground, underground laboratories. And when they are doing uh, 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 research, they have islands, the island of Dr. Moreau, that's for one of the movies, uh, where they do research and they have cages and they mix the DNA of monkeys and this animal and that animal and they're mixing dna just like they did in those days okay all those things are going on right now and in my vast reading and research i see where the chinese have done that they're mixing blending the dna and when they talk about it and they, they talk about as if they're not doing it when you hear mention of it that means they have done it and they have had some success and if something is being done they just don't put it out in the media, in the mass media, so you can find out what's going on. But these things are being done. And in some places, they have maybe whole areas, islands and cages upon cages of people. They have experiment they're doing in humans. Adolf Hitler did that. World War II, he experimented with children, he experimented with people, he did, uh, and he mixed the DNA. You have some people that are walking around like zombies. And when you look at some people, they have been cloned and they're walking around, uh, around among us. So all these things are happening right now. Just that we don't know it and you don't see the prevalence of it. Most people that you see, they look normal and they, they act normal. 
but people are being cloned. They, they're walking around with DNA mixed with other people. The experiments are being done today. And by the way, they have a thing they call CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R, available on Amazon, where a little backyard young man or young woman can get and start doing things, uh, realign, realigning or changing the DNA with uh, vegetable, plants, animals, and doing stuff. That's where we are today. And again, we don't know the full scope of what's going on. But I will tell you something. We're in a day where we're seeing great acceleration. We are seeing great things begin to accelerate. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that in the last days, men shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. What does it mean? Well, not only in the term of jet travel, you can run to and fro across the entire globe, but knowledge shall increase. Through a laptop or a, or a tablet, you can sit right where you are through the Internet and you can do vast amount of research. You can run to this nation, that nation, and find out exactly what's going on to the very last minute, momentarily. And you can know what's going on. You can talk by FaceTime, Skype, or any other media. You can talk to people and find out what's going on in their country and know, have a blow-by-blow -blow description. You're in another continent, another country, and you know exactly what's going on over there. That's where we are today. Knowledge shall increase. And by the way, knowledge is, is moving at warp speed. Things are happening faster than the eyes and the mind can comprehend. So we are seeing certain things that are coming and it's happening today and we have not seen the ramifications of it. We have not seen the outcome of it. But this is what transpired in Noah's days and this is what's going on today. Now when you begin to hear about half man, half horse. And of course, you have read some sensational news that a pig or a goat was born with a human face. Have you read that? Maybe you haven't read it lately. But go to your search engine, and you can search it. It was in some newspaper, you know, printed from England. And uh, last year and year before, we saw all that. You can go to YouTube, and you can see all that too. A pig, a goat. An animal born with a human face, all that kind of stuff. Where does it come from? They're mixing the DNA. So you've got to understand. And when you hear these things, don't go spreading gossip, gossip. And don't go running, oh, my God, look at what they're doing. Oh, my God, I don't know. I no, listen, just say I told you so, okay? The Bible told you so. As it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days when Jesus is coming. And you're going to begin to see more and more and more and more. Verse 12, Genesis 6. God looked on the earth and saw how debased, degenerate it was. All humanity had corrupted their way on the earth and lost their true direction. Satan blinded the mind of men. And made them what? Degenerate. They what? Degenerate. They lost their direction. God said to Noah, I intend to make an end of all that lies. All your lies. Everything that's living. A true man, the land is filled with violence. And I am about to destroy them together with the land. Well, God is going to destroy this earth again, not by a flood, but by fire. But before the earth gets destroyed, just like he did with Noah, he's going to put him in an ark, and he's going to save him because he's going to repopulate the earth through him. But God's not going to do that this time. The Lord is going to take his people out of the earth to be with him for all eternity. The plan and the purpose of God will have been finished. Now watch this carefully as we are wrapping up. <clears throat> and you've got to understand the reason for spiritual warfare, why you have to endure to the end. Why does Jesus want Christians to come to know him, believe in him, and die believing, having faith in him? 
And all those who have gone to the grave and those who are alive and remain in him will be caught up to meet him in the air. Well, if you add it up since Jesus came, and even the old saints, because he went down into hell and he led captivity captive, what are you doing with all those souls, Lord? If you add up all those souls that have come from the Old Testament and the first resurrection when Jesus rose from the dead and uh, many of the saints walked the streets of Jerusalem and now we're looking at the second resurrection, all those people have died believing in Jesus. What are you doing to all those souls? You probably get millions and millions and millions of them. Plus those who are alive and remaining in him today. Well, just like the hairs of your head is numbered, God has a number that he has to reach. And at the reaching of that appointed number, when he has all those souls, he will say, yes, I've got the desired number. And this number who are safely believing in me, locked up in me, they are going to come home and they are going to be with me for all eternity. And he will tell Jesus, Jesus, go get my children. And when Jesus comes, resurrect the righteous dead, catch away those who are alive and remain in him, plus those who have already gone on before us in the first wave of the first resurrection when Jesus arose from the dead, it will be the exact same number to replace all the angels that rebelled against God in heaven and became fallen with Lucifer. So, let's use a number. Let's say there were 500 billion angels that rebelled against God and Lucifer brought them down to earth. Well, God is going to get 500 billion souls. And he's going to get those 500 billion souls died in him, those who are in heaven already, and as well as those who are alive on the face of the earth. And when that number is complete to the last one, the Lord is going to say, Jesus, go get my children. And all those 500 billion angels will be taken to heaven and replaced all the rebellious angels that rebel against God along with Lucifer. <clears throat> and what will happen to all those other people, all those other demons, all those other uh, fallen angels that rebel against God? The Bible says that death, that hell, all who followed Satan, every one of them will be taken and they'll be cast into the lake of fire and burning sulfur for all eternity. So they will be on the rubbish heap. So when you hear me call them rubbish people, Gehenna, all hell will be thrown into the lake of fire, burning with sulfur, fire and brimstone, and they will be tormented for all eternity, while God will have his full complement of angels in heaven. So, knowing that, guess what? God is missing his angels in heaven right now. He doesn't have the full complement of angels. He is lacking a certain amount of angels to worship him. That's why we fall in. We who are alive worship him. And even those who are dead in Christ, they're sleeping to be awakened one day. To what? Give worship to the Lord. So, this is the plan of God. This is what God's agenda is. He needs worship. So when we read our Bible and we see like Enoch, he walked with God and he was not because the Lord took him. When we see like a guy named Elijah, who shouldn't have gone up to be with God, but God took him anyhow, you know, because of the mercy of God. Well, God loves people. He loves to be worshipped. He loves his angels. And we're not even called angels yet. We're called saints right now because we are spotless before God. Why? We've been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. So when God sees us, he doesn't see sin. Do we mess up sometimes? Of course we do. Of course we do. 
But he doesn't see sin on us. He sees the blood of his son, Jesus. So he identifies us by the blood. And that's why when the star comes out of heaven and he opens the bottomless pit, the, the, the demons that are there say, don't touch these that have got the mark of God in their foreheads. we got that blood mark on us. We're untouchable. We're off limits. Don't touch them. That's my bride. So this is what it's all about. And when God is ready, he's going to take us from here. He's going to change us in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to instantaneously go through from life to death, from death to everlasting life. Why? It's appointed unto man once to die, and then after that, the judgment. So we are going to instantly be changed in the twinkling of an eye and change from mortal to immortality, from corruptible to incorruption, in the twinkling of an eye. And then we will traverse space and not burn up, shoom, right up to the third heaven where we'll be in the presence of Jesus around his throne giving him glory, honor, and praise. But know for sure that what you see going on here with the DNA and the corruption of the DNA, they're doing everything to mar the DNA of people. Why? Because right here in the Bible, it says the earth was corrupt, it became corrupt. And they're doing so en masse. So anything that's going to change your DNA, and if you can avoid uh, GMO foods, because they don't know what GMO foods is going to do in the second and third generation. Anything to preserve your DNA, do it. Don't take no jab. I wrote that in my last book. Escaping the New World Order, One World Babylon, through Bible Code 7. Nothing must change your DNA because if your DNA gets marred, contaminated, corrupted, and you do so willingly, God says you're not going to make it in. So please, don't do anything that you don't know. If you knowingly do it, then you're not going to make it. But make sure, make sure that you know and understand what is going to happen. Make sure when you begin to see things, and you know when things happen, they happen at warp speed. And when you hear it sometime, you're going to hear it on the evening news, but just in case you didn't hear it on the evening news and it just blows up in your face and you see something, make sure you don't run around like a chicken without a head. Know for sure that they're doing that. This is the plan and this is the agenda. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days when Jesus returns. And by the way, now you know, you need to prepare yourself. You need to have your strategy of warfare. You need to have your blueprint. You need to know what you're doing and how you're doing what you're doing. You need to know that you're fighting with an unstoppable weapon, a weapon that cannot be destroyed, and that this weapon will destroy everything in your face. Jesus gave us a demo in Matthew, the first chapter, when he went before Lucifer himself and he prepared himself with fasting. And when he fasted and he prepared himself, he went before Lucifer and he never ruffled a feather, never ruffled one of his hair, never broke a fingernail. He just looked at devil and said, devil, it is written. And he quoted the scripture. And then when he quoted the scripture and quoted the scripture, it is written, it is written, it is written, the devil left him. Why? Because the devil could not stand the fire of the word of the living God. And when the devil left him, the Bible says the angels came and ministered to Jesus. Do you want what Jesus had? Of course you can have it. Jesus demonstrated how to get it. Do it. It works. Guaranteed a thousand, million, trillion percent. Why? It's the word of God. Maybe it's so simple that people don't understand. Maybe you need a very hard mathematical uh, formula with a, maybe a, a 50 million word explanation and with a long dissertation and you need three PhDs behind your name and to get up and expound it and you'd have to, you, you study for about five years or ten years, then you'll understand. Like going to university, you know. Four-year college, and then when you when you graduate, maybe half of those who graduate will understand it. Well, it's so simple, but the simplicity of God's word takes one thing, and if you have that thing, then all will be well with you.
What is that one thing? Faith. Faith as a grain of a mustard seed. That's all it takes. So I urge you tonight, get the book. Four titles through Bible Code 7. Use, utilize the strategy. It works. Simple. It works. Guaranteed. And when you do, the Lord will do the rest. It is the application, the weaponization of the word of the living God. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Using the spirit of the Lord, the word of God, which is spirit and life. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you. Give you his peace. Now, until Jesus returns. Again, go to BibleCode7.com or go to Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. You can get a download of iBooks, eBooks, Kindles, four titles through Bible Code 7. Take your pick. Any one you choose, powerful book. Get all four. Get all four. They have the strategy. They have the proof of the pudding. And you will be blessed. You will be guaranteed to endure till Jesus returns from the strategy, the blueprint. In Jesus' name. Have yourself a fabulous, fabulous night.